Alistair Begg of Truth For Life, heard daily and weekends on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what should you know about buying a used car? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Afternoon. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to this Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Actually, the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money, which we do every Friday. Tony Joe is here to take your Car Corner questions. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven is the number to call, and we do have a line open if you'd like to call in and talk to Tony Joe. Tony, Joe, how's it going today? I'm doing well, and you, sir? I'm doing very, very, very good. You know, we could have called this program How to Avoid Fraud when you're buying a car. And, and the reason you, you and I are talking about this, because we were uh, visiting a little bit before the program, is that today you have to be so diligent, so very careful about what you're buying because of the way the the car the shortage and everything that's going on mm-hmm. but uh there there's i would imagine a lot of uh a lot of fraud going on well there's a lot of fraud not necessarily uh due to evil intent but you know when you are in the car business and you're selling cars a lot of people know this that have been through this they're there's a lot of pressure to sell and move move units and, you know, keep things going. And I understand that. That's how you make your living and support your family. But because the, you know, I like to say slim pickings, you know, I mean, the, the car, cars that are available due to the shortage uh, don't always, ha- aren't always the best and the brightest. They have flaws that sometimes get overlooked, corners get cut to make the sale not out of intent or malice just because uh, you just don't have the the numbers, Bob. You know, you don't have the big, huge car pool to pick from. So you got to go with what you got. Yeah, I can, and uh, and, and you're, you're desperate for inventory, so, you know, maybe car dealers are taking in cars they wouldn't necessarily try to, to, to sell who, who knows and, and listen by the way we're not picking on saying this is rampant or anything this no, is in every not. every mm-hmm. business we're, what we want to do is just talk a little bit about how you can be uh, a little bit more diligent about and, and uh, do your homework that you might have skipped a time or two before maybe the last time you bought a car to make sure that you're that you are getting yourself a, a good car and not something that you're going to regret later on down the road so you know i think one of the, the the best resources that you start out with that should just kind of be the okay here's the 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 one report that catches the big red flags so this is the 
this is the uh, the the, apps, the the cars that we we would pass on called a Carfax. Now, what's interesting is uh, there's several of the big sites that you can go look to see cars for sale that actually include that as a free service, so you don't have to pay for it. Uh, other other online uh, other online places you have to you have to pay for you know a month at a time or something like that. So you have unlimited or a certain number that you can you can uh, uh, use. But the Carfax tells everything possible about that car and you know one of the things you and I were talking about of course you you have an independent shop what's the uh, kind of the relationship between between the the Carfax reporting system and, a, and your shop or a private you know a, 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 a private shop not not a not a, a, Mac, a car dealership right well there actually is not much of a connection other than someone inquiring uh, about an automobile that they wish to purchase, and they maybe pass on the information uh, and let me look at the Carfax report, and I tell them what I think, and I interpret the Carfax report the best way I can. And, you know, <clears throat> it's always good to have somebody that knows about cars give you a second opinion before you decide, because there may be something that they see that you completely overlooked not being as knowledgeable about cars as, say, a professional t- mechanic, technician, whatever. So, you know, you always want to have the best resources available to back up your decision, and you don't just go with your gut reaction. You want to get other opinions and then formulate your decision based on as much input as you can get, quite frankly. But, you know, there are a couple of things about Carfax that I'd like to point out, Bob, and that is if there's a minor collision or uh, a repair, even a major repair, that has been done to the vehicle and it's not reported, you know, if you had a car um, in uh, a flood, for instance, and it wasn't covered by insurance, and you had the car repaired and had it kind of repaired, so to speak, you know, get the water out of it, vacuum it up, and make it kind of clean it up, and you were to sell it on the open market, there wouldn't be a Carfax report on that condition. It was never reported to an insurance company, so that's going to be completely overlooked by Carfax. You're not going to have a report on it. That's why it's oftentimes it is to your benefit to have a service check the vehicle, and they charge a nominal fee, but you know, they have to be paid for their time. But there are places that will check the vehicle for you before you actually buy it to make sure you're not getting some, uh, I don't want to say fraud, but what if that situation that I just described were to happen, you'd be ending up buying a car that you didn't know was was uh, flooded. You know, you so, didn't know. So How let, are you going to know? Let's define flooded because uh, is that a... A car that is completely submerged in water for 24 hours, that's probably totaled, right? Yeah, that wouldn't be salvageable, I wouldn't think. Um, so you're talking about maybe a car that's not totally submerged, but it's maybe it's to the halfway up the passenger side door or something like the, the level of water. It's definitely getting the components. It's right, definitely it's, it's getting, enough to cover the floorboards, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
So that that's that's really more. I mean, at what point is something not salvageable? Okay, let me point out something that's kind of interesting that maybe a lot of folks aren't familiar with. Now, this is my opinion only, but I've thought about it a lot. Now, let's say, Bob, that you had your car parked and the lake overflowed or you were camping or something and it got into your car and it's a a lake, fresh water. All right, fresh water is one thing. You can dissipate fresh water, dry it out, pretty much okay. And as long as it didn't sustain substantial substantial damage, as in needing computers and everything else, that is what I consider a flooded car, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it was submerged underwater. On the same token, you can have a car that was at the beach, and ocean water got into it. Same situation. It didn't totally submerge the car, but during a hurricane, it was in a parking lot, and the water from the ocean got up and got flooded to all the cars in the parking garage or the parking lot or something. Now, that's salt water. There is a huge difference to me between fresh water and salt water because salt water actually will destroy more of the car's wiring through corrosion and uh erosion of the insulation on the wires and salt is conductive you know it will conduct electricity and you will have a massive amount of trouble later down the road if it was contaminated with salt water so there's a big difference between the two and i know it seems kind of boring to talk about but huge difference and a lot of guys that well for instance people that know about this would be the first people i I know would be the subway people that work on subways you do not want salt water down in the subway flooding the, the, the subways because that is all the wiring has got to come out. I mean, that's just going to do massive amount of damage as opposed to fresh water, which can be drained uh, and it can be cleaned up and it can be dried out. And usually you're not going to suffer the same kind of conditions with fresh water. So that's a thing that people don't realize. And that's going to be big if it's not reported on a Carfax. So a car that's that's been through some some flooding, unless you just get a really really good deal for it, probably want to avoid that. Is that, well, is that again, a true story. Okay, that's a true look, statement. Yeah, that is true. But how are you going to know whether to avoid it or not? The best right. thing to do is have it checked by a professional before you buy it, because that there's a lot of clues from what I just talked about that can give away whether this car is worth buying. Because a lot of times you're not going to experience the problems right away. You can sell, the, you can buy the car, and you'll think you got a great deal. And then six months later, you're having all kinds of electrical issues. So you know, one one other thing that they that they point out on the Carfax is the history of the car from the standpoint of ownership. And you could you could uh, go to a Carfax and you could see that this car's been bought and sold for you know there's five different owners in there. At what point or what combination of circumstances? Does it makes? Do you look at that and go, "Ooh, that's that's a that's that's a red flag." Well, again, you got to look at the car facts itself. You say five different owners in three years, let's say. Well, I would be kind of curious to see what kind of repairs have been done, because why is it being turned over and bought and sold so many times? Does this have a com- comprehensive list of 
uh, mechanical failures, expensive items that had to be replaced on the car, like it's some kind of a lemon. You know what I mean? I, I mean, uh, bought and sold uh, five times in, say, a couple or three years would be a red flag to me. I'd like to, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad car, but I'd like to know more about it. And I would think most individuals would, too. They would have to ask themselves the same common-sense questions. So that's when you really need not only to read the facts report, but maybe have some help interpreting it. one 913 This is Bob Brooks. Stick around and be right back. Dynamic. Practical. Life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. On Truth for Life, Alistair Begg continues a topical study on suffering titled Dangers, Toils, and Snares. Find out how God is using suffering for our blessing and His glory. Then find out how our response to fear reveals our heart. That's this week on Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie highlights all the Lord has done over the past 50 years at the ministry he leads. And he offers important insight on how to press forward in spite of the obstacles and opposition we may face. Good insight coming this week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning, weekday mornings at 7.30 here on KDKR. back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. one 5357 You know, something I thought about, Tony Judge, you and I were talking, is that a consumer will look at a Carfax and, and, and come a walk away with, now, there's a lot of red flags on this, to this car. Whereas a, a car dealer says, ah, so what if it's had five owners? That's no... Even though that that is a red flag, we're not we're not going to lower the price because five owners have have driven this car or any other kind of situation that you might think is a, is a red flag. It's a legit red flag, but you know unless it says, uh, you know, this car's been in a in a, in a major major uh, crash or something like that, would they would they uh, sell that car to you? Know, you know, probably a decent price. Yeah. yeah. So here's here's something I just thought of. You know, no, I can't turn your mic up. You know, Bob, you know of all people. It, let me put it to you like this: to me, I don't want to say that particular vehicle that you're that we are using as a hypothetic hypothetical uh, situation. I don't want to say that just because it's had five owners doesn't mean it's a good car. It could be a very per- yeah, good car. No, absolutely. But it's kind of like you're, in your arena, you will use the term economic indicators. All right? So to me, it's not necessarily a red flag, but it's an automotive indicator. I'd like to know more. 
Right. Why has it had five owners? It could be legit. Five owners, it could be very logical reasons that each owner bought and sold the car to the next guy. There, it doesn't mean there's bad cess there. It just means I'd like to know why. That's just the point I'm trying to make. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. I do have a line open if you'd like to talk to Tony Joe. Hold on just a second, Tony Joe. Let's go to Garrett on line one. I hope that's Garrett, did I get your name right? That is correct. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. How y'all doing? I, doing good. I can't see the uh, computer today. Well, when you're using your, that's okay. using your feet uh, well, or maybe the keyboard. You should, maybe you should have those computers checked out by professionals to make sure they're working all right. Yeah, there you go, right there. What's on your mind today? I man, really, I was I just caught the program. I was driving, uh, and and I, I just basically wanted to kind of validate what Tony's saying about having someone else check it out because you just really don't know. Um, my experience a few years back when Har- Hurricane Harvey hit the uh, the Gulf Coast there in, yep. in Houston. I was a I was a tow truck operator for a catastrophe with a company. I'm not going to say a bunch of names and stuff like that, but uh, I can't. I, I don't even know how to quantify in my head the amount of cars that got pulled out on the daily. They were constantly buying new lots and renting properties, and it's just it was pretty mind boggling. And uh, basically, I'm just kind of saying, you know, like I said, to back up what he's saying, have somebody else check it out because there were times I would literally pull out a car. It could be a brand new that year luxury car. And the water didn't even go up to the hubcap. But then there were times when I pulled them out months later, and they looked like a chia pet on the inside because of all the <laughs> the mold and everything else. You just don't know. Yeah, Garrett, I agree with you, and I thank you for for calling in with that because you had firsthand experience. So there you oh, go. Yeah. And you know, a lot of yeah, those cars, uh, Garrett. I'm sorry, a lot of those cars no, ended up in the Dallas Fort Worth marketplace. Yeah, from down there in Houston. And that's- yeah. That's a sad situation because, you know, technically those cars were supposed to all be totaled out. And I'm not saying that I know or have any kind of knowledge that where they may have wound up. But, you know, the world's world's funny and people are crazy and you just never know. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Boy, that's that's a good call. Thanks for calling in, Garrett, and verifying that because you had firsthand knowledge. You were the guy actually towing them out of the mud. Oh yeah, and I've, I've, I'm telling you, I pulled some out of some pretty scary situations, and you know we have we have those kind of catastrophes that happen, you know, every few years or every so often. So it's definitely something that the more opinions and more eyeballs you can get on your your sprockets and whatnot, the better, I guess. Yes, sir, I agree. Thank y'all for your. Hey, Garrett, your, can uh, I ask you one more knowledge. thing before you go? Can I ask yeah, you a please. question? Go ahead. I was always curious when you pull a car and you lift it up out of the mud. And then you open the door and all the water comes out like you've seen. You know, you've seen that. Is there sure. any good fish in there that you, like, collect? Like, do you carry an ice chest where you can say, man, there's some good-looking bass in here? Well, our hotel was next to a pretty decent uh, price grocery store, so we didn't we didn't take any of those chances. Oh, man, you should have brought your filet we knife. We were out down there for months, so. Yeah. Well, thank you. And dollar menus for us that that time period. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your call, Garrett, and Lord bless you. You're very welcome. Thank y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. God bless. God bless. This is Bob Brooks, eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. We were on such a great track, Tony Joe. You know, I was thinking until I blew it. I was thinking. I was thinking this just just a little while ago. I thought to myself, could we actually get through a program without? 
you practicing some comedy or, 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 or telling one of your jokes? Well, I don't, Bob, I will say this. Uh, even though you may think that's uh, one of my jokes, what would really be funny is if we had a camera in here, and when Garrett called in, watching you bring him up on the computer with your toes. That was really I unique. my shoes on. Okay, your pointed shoes, you know. That was unique at a trick I have yet to ever see. Well, if you'll look on the table here, the desk, I've got no room to put the laptop, which, which is how Chris communicates with me. Hey, you know we uh, we 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 deal with what we got. I mean, I deal with you. Got to do. Know? You got to do what you got to do. Bob, I guess. <laughs> I just personally have never seen that. Well, yeah, there's a first time for everything. It's only what well, see. You got to. You there we go. Mm-hmm. I think uh, okay. Do we good. have any more callers? On the, <laughs> I mean, can you, you reach your toe up there and see if anybody's waiting? Or no, we we're good. Good. We're, we're good. Right. So let's talk a little bit about. You mentioned. And this is where I think you, you can really get a good deal. Uh, cars that have been in a fender bender, nothing, nothing major. Of course, you know, when you're looking through that car, uh, Carfax, you, you, before you go there, you look at, wow, it's a great price on that car. Then you go to the Carfax and you realize it's been in an accident. And, of course, the, the car dealer probably didn't pay much for it either. They got the, they got the discount. But you've told, you told me this a long time ago, and I've always thought, thought about this as being such a a great tip is that it could have been a couple of throwaway parts, mm-hmm. uh, replacement of a bumper, replacement of a door, right. you know, not, not, not even remotely anything uh, that is that's uh, structural. That's what, you know, and keep in mind one thing. I don't. <clears throat> I'm gonna say that you know a lot of times to the people that are listening right now, you will find out one interesting fact if I point it out to you. A lot of times when you see car accidents now and you're passing a, a, a rear-end collision or some chain reaction or something, you notice that most people are standing there calling their moms or their husbands or whatever on, the, on their cell phone. The reason you see that so often now is because cars are built to take the brunt of the collision on the parts rather than the way it used to be in the old days when everything was metal and iron and steel that just didn't give and the the end the passenger or the driver are the ones that ended up hitting their head on the dashboard which was made of metal and you know a lot of us older people remember those days well now the car is built to take the uh, the abuse of a car collision and it's made that way on purpose to keep the passenger safer so this is why you can hit somebody at 10 miles an hour and do $5,000 worth of damage or more. Yeah, the money is one thing, but guess what? You're walking around without a broken neck or a broken back, and I think that's worth its weight in gold. And when it comes down to buying a car, oh, it had an accident. Okay, well, what does that mean? Did somebody have to bolt on a new hood and a new fender and maybe a new grill? So what? Big deal. That doesn't make it a bad car. So there's a lot of things in a Carfax that you have to really investigate. You can't just read the words. You've got to be able to interpret it and understand what you're reading. And if you can't do it, then get some help. Make sure you know what you're reading, what the facts are about that car, because you could be passing up a lot of great deals, or you could be angsting for a lemon because it's got your heartthrob going now and you just want that car. So... 
you know, it works both ways. Uh, my advice is make sure you understand what you're reading on the Carfax. And if you don't, get some help uh, to understand it. You know, the uh, also you'll get in the Carfax whether the car's been salvaged uh, or junk. Right. Salvage title so is important. Mm-hmm. Basically a car that was totaled maybe? Well, n- yeah, that's the or main cl- reason. close but, to it. Right. The main reason you get a salvage title is because the insurance company totaled the car and then it was repaired and resold. And in order to do that, you need a salvage title disclosing that, you know, this car's had extensive repairs to it. And even that doesn't necessarily mean it's no good. It just depends on the, uh, the damage that was done and how it was repaired. It needs to be inspected by a qualified person and, you know, in case people don't realize, cars can be fixed. They're fixed all the time. So depending on the damage and how it was fixed, that may be perfectly okay car. And then, of, of course, hail damage is really mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. No, but it, it is something that you can actually, if your car is a little older and you get enough hail dings and dents in it, then, yeah, it can total the car. Just through hail damage. You've got to realize that if the cost exceeds 70% of the vehicle's value, it's going to be what we consider a total. And uh, you you can have hail. You know, they make great advances with paintless dent repair now. So you want to look at everything you can, all your options. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.